Welcome to another episode of the Pocket Mastermind podcast. My guest today is a rocket scientist turned entrepreneur and author of the books uh, Selling by Personality, Temperament and Emotional Copywriting Revealed. Um, he's given up his time today to come and share how understanding your customer's personality temperament can make a big difference to your business success. So Tim Milligan, very warm welcome to the Pocket Mastermind podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Um, we were just talking that it, it's, it's really early morning here, but uh, it's around noontime for you. Yep. <laughs> I am really glad to be here. <laughs> well, thank you for getting up extra early. I know you, you just said you were an early bird anyway, but um, thank you for uh, rushing through your, your morning routine and we'll come on to that in a bit later. So you are the first rocket scientist to come onto the Pocket Mastermind podcast. So tell us a bit more about your, your background. Um, like I said, you know, you've gone, kind of gone from rocket scientist to entrepreneur, author, and um, kind of bit of personality temperament expert, I guess we, we could call you. Right. Um, and that's quite a journey. So tell us a bit about that. Well, uh, yeah, my, my formal education is in engineering. So I'm an aeronautical engineer. And then right out of college, I got a job working in the space program in Cape Canaveral, Florida, you know, where they launch all the rockets. Mm -hmm. And I spent a number of years launching rockets down there. And they gave me the title rocket scientist. That's actually was my title. <laughs> uh, and then from there, um, I moved from Florida to Colorado, which is kind of the, the western part of the United States, and uh, joined a, a model rocket company. Um, and then since then, I've started my own model rocket company. So I build toy rockets uh, as my day job. Um, and then that's, that's, it's, that's like it, a dream job. <laughs> it is a dream job. Yeah, I, I don't go to work in the morning. I, I, go, to, <laughs> I go to have fun. Um, but it is a business and you have to run it as a business. And so I was looking for a way to, you know, better connect with customers. And I made the discovery that, you know, personality and personality temperament gives you a unique window into the mind of a customer that allows you to persuade them a little bit easier and a little bit faster and a little bit quicker. Interesting. So how do you, how do you define personality temperaments? Um, okay. So there's, we're going to go deep here. Go <laughs> um, take me, take me all the way. Okay. So there's, um, I'm sure you've heard of some, some of the other personality systems where they usually have like four different personality types, mm -hmm. like the disc and the Myers. Right. So those are the, those are the temperaments. And then Myers-Briggs mm -hmm. breaks it down even further. Um, and I use the Myers-Briggs uh, but I break it down into just four. You have to keep it simple because if it's not simple, it's not going to be usable um, and, and we need it to be usable for customers. Um, so in the Myers-Briggs, there's um, E and I, or uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, introvert and extrovert is the first letter combination. And, and they call them dichotomies. It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. In reality, it's it's a continuum, but you can't tell somebody that's, you know, just on that borderline. So we, we use a dichotomy like a light switch. It's either on or off, but it could also be a dimmer switch. So somewhere in the middle. Um, so that the first one is E and I. The second letter combination is S for sensing and N for, for intuition. We've already used I for introverts. Mm -hmm. So we use N for intuition. Um, then the third dichotomy is feeling versus thinking, T or F. 
And then the fourth one is S, or not S, um, J or P. J is for judging, P is for perceiving. And so what we do is we arrange those letter combinations to come up with the four temperaments. And it's a little bit different from DISC in that um, the letter combinations, we're, we've got, we're using only three of the letter combinations or three of the dichotomies to come up with four temperaments. Um, so um, the letter combinations are SJ, SP, NT, and NF. So those are the four temperaments. And what's unique about those four is that once you're in one of those temperaments, um, the values of that person are very similar. And that's what really um, enticed me to go into temperament and to personality is because in sales, that's what we want. That's what we crave is mm -hmm. to know what the customer values. And so this allows us a shortcut to get to a customer's values. All we have to do is type that person. So if we type a person as um, an SP, I can go to a little lookup table and say, hey, here's the values of that person. And so when I'm trying to sell to them, I already know what they value. And so it makes it easier and faster and quicker to, to start the persuasion process. So what are the traits of those different groups? Okay, so this is where it gets unique. Um, you know, I could give you the list and, and I will give you some, um, but what makes it unique is those temperaments, um, this is one of my other discoveries was that humanity is, is like an army, you know, and, and in, in like the disc system, you have Ds are on one planet, and the I's are on another planet and the S's are on another planet. And so everybody's different and it's very hard and very confusing to figure out how we all relate. Mm -hmm. But what I figured out was that we're actually one big army and we need each other to survive. So in the army, you need four types of people. You need a, a people to go out and fight the battle and I call these the warriors and in, in the temperament, they're the SPs. So if you have an SP, I call you a warrior. In the DISP personality profile, they would call you an I. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, for me, using the, the metaphor warrior gives me a mental picture where I can rebuild the traits that I'm looking for. So what would a warrior look like? What would they value? So you start there and then you kind of rebuild because nobody's going to remember, you know, like 20 different traits. It's just impossible. But you, so you reconstitute it like, you know, pouring water into an instant cup of coffee, um, you know, and by that, by reconstituting, you can build it on the fly. So when I'm thinking warrior, what's a warrior, what traits do they need to be successful? What do they value? Um, and so the, the first one is loyalty because they, they need, you know, to survive a, a fight, mm -hmm. you're going to go into battle and the person that has somebody next to them has a greater chance of surviving that battle than somebody that, that's going it alone. So they value loyalty. They, they value their fighting buddy. You know, they're, you know, they call it the wingman. Mm -hmm. um, they also value 
uh, I'm looking at my list here. They also value respect because you know when when, a, when somebody goes into battle, they want the enemy to fear them. They want them to respect them, their 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 capabilities, um, and that kind of thing. Now it's different for somebody. You know, another person that uh, that I use. Another metaphor that I use is uh, a logistical type. So now the warrior is the person that goes out and takes the fight to the enemy. The logistical kind of supports that warrior. You know, when you in the, in the army, um, um, like in a battle, when you go into battle, you know, you have a set of people that are going to fight, but then you need support people to support mm -hmm. that battle. You know, you, they need weapons, they need, um, you know, bedding, and they need food and water, and they need all kinds of things to engage in that fight. And so the logistical is kind of like somebody that has that farmer mentality that is going to provide the raw materials and the necessary items for the warrior to fight that battle. That makes sense. And so this, this is my personality type. I'm, I'm a logistical type where I'm very methodical. And so I value things like time. Um, I value integrity. You know, when I'm going to give somebody something to go into battle with, I want it to work for them. I don't want them to come back to me and say, Hey, this didn't work. That makes sense uh, being a rocket scientist. Right. You've got to be fairly methodical, I'd imagine, in, in that line. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, procedures, you know, that's, that's the way I run my business. Um, it's very methodical when customers come to us. They, you know, you know what, the thing that makes my business different, my rocket business, is that I guarantee shipping. So if you order today, it's going out today. Um, it's, we, you know, our whole system here is designed around that process of moving things through as quickly and evenly and as fast as possible. So the customer is, is satisfied. So you, you're using that side of you to right. figure exactly. out how do you deliver on that promise? How do you? Right. And, and, and this, one of the key concepts on personality is people with similar personality type temperament are attracted to each other. Mm -hmm. Another way to say that is people with similar values are attracted to each other. So I have customers that have similar values to me that, you know, they are that logistical tem temperament. And so they want things, you know, fast and quick and easy um, so that they don't have to think about it. They don't have to fight me for it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And, and particularly if you're, I guess, if you're selling rockets, then the people that right. are going to be playing with rockets are going to, are also going to have <laughs> need to have that kind of methodical right. mentality. Now, now the well. other the other temperament that it's part of my customer base is I call them the strategists. Now the strategists are kind of like the force multiplier in the army. They take what limited resources the army has and they extend them and they use them in the most logical, methodical you know, systematic way possible. Um, and so they, they value logic. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and in the disk system, they would be the S's. Um, so, I, you know, and that is also the scientist. You know, they are very, you know, you know, trying to get at what nature, you know, the laws of nature, how things work so that they can use them to the best of their ability, you know, to, for, for the army to succeed. And how do you, 
how do you like within your business and how can anybody else then identify who their customers or their, their potential customers are and their existing customers I, I suppose okay so the first thing is that if you don't know who, who your customers are they're exactly like you so when I started my business, I didn't know personality. And so my, my USP, my unique selling proposition was resources for rocket scientists. So resources is that logistical term. Mm -hmm. So I was already selling to a person that was just like me. So when you're first starting out, learn who you are and what personality temperament you are, because that is your natural selling style. And those are going to be the customers that are naturally drawn to you. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's actually in hindsight, it's actually a really good thing because you, you want to attract somebody that you enjoy doing business with. And if somebody that has the same values that you do, you're going to enjoy it. They're going to enjoy it. And that's good. Now, when I sell to a person that has the warrior temperament, um, it's, it's a completely different arrangement for me because those warriors, you know, what they want, you know, what they value is the biggest, baddest weapon they can have <laughs> because you know, if you're going to go into battle, you don't want to go into a, yeah. you know, a gunfight with a knife. You know, you want to go into a gunfight with a bazooka. Um, so they want the biggest, baddest thing that they can get. Uh, and then they just want to blow it up. So customers that um, that are have that warrior temperament that come to me, they want the rocket that's going to blow up, and they want it to do something cool. And for me, the as the logistical, I'm just you know it's I'm going crazy because this is this is not safe. They're gonna they're gonna hurt somebody, and they're going to ruin my business because you know what they do you know, in the United States here, you know, we have the government and they can just slam you down real quick. They can put any business out of business real easy with, with laws and regulations. So I, I have to go to my warrior customers and I have to try to tone them down just a little bit. Um, and at the same time, I, I have still have to, you know, they value fun, you know, and so I got to say, if you're going to have fun, I guarantee you, you're going to have fun and people are going to respect you, but let's just do it, you know, just do it without blowing it. Just, up. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then I guess you then use that to tailor the marketing message. Right, right. And, and so that's and, what you want to do. Yeah. And do you have um, potentially slightly different for the same product you may use a different message through different uh, avenues or you know different channels to get those different personality uh, temperaments to exactly you know in in a perfect world you would have four different websites mm -hmm. one for each of the personality temperaments um but in my case you know that's just too much work so what i do is i I start out, okay, I'm going to sell to the logisticals because that's the one that, that, you know, makes me the most money because they're, they're like me and they're attracted to me. And here's the other thing is, you know, there's four temperaments, but humanity is not distributed evenly in all four. Mm -hmm. There's not 25% of one, 25% of the other, 25% of the third, you know, et cetera, like that. It, they're concentrated. There's, you know, to fight a, a battle, 
you need a lot of warriors, you know, that gives you the advantage. So in humanity, about 38% of the population are the warrior type, the SPs in Myers-Briggs. Another 38% approximately, nobody knows the exact, but approximately 38% are the logisticals like me. So those two temperaments right there are about 76% of the human population. Mm. Um, and then the, the, the remaining two, uh, the, the strategists and the, the fourth category I call morale officers. You know, the morale officer is the type of person that wants to give courage, encouragement to warriors because a warrior without courage is useless. You know, they won't engage in the battle. So you have the, the morale officers who are these touchy-feely type people that encourage everybody else to get up and engage in the battle. And, and you know them when you, when you see them. You know, they're the, all the, you know, they're very friendly. They're very, you know, feeling type of person. Um, but they are not my customer. They are not attracted to rockets. Um, but, and and in, in humanity, they make up just a small percentage. It's about 12% of humanity is that touchy-feely type person. Um, and then the strategist makes up another 12% because you don't need to fight a battle with where everybody is a strategist. You know, we have a saying here, too many cooks spoil the, yeah. the pot. Um, so you, you can't have too many of those. Um, to be successful, you need, you know, just a small number, you know, like about 12%. So I forgot the question was. Yeah, um, it's really around like how do you then, how do you how do you cater to like you said? Oh, okay. Ideally, you'd have all four, you'd have four websites, right? But right. So so in my is it right in practicality? So what you do is you you pick what who you want, and then you sprinkle in some of the values of the other temperaments that you're going after. So I you know sell to the logistical. So I. My, my text and my, my images on our website are very logistical oriented. Um, you know, do this step one, step two, you know, very process oriented. But then, then I'll sprinkle in some of the warrior, you know, cause that's, you know, they're a big customer base, 38% of the population. Mm -hmm. So I wanna get those as customers too. Um, so then I'll sprinkle in, okay, you're gonna have a lot of fun, you know, and this is the biggest, baddest rocket available. So go out and use it. Um, and then for the, the, the strategist type, they're the, you know, the, the logi um, logical person that wants to go into deep into the laws of nature. So for them, I say, you know, you're going to learn about rocketry and how to improve humanity through the use of this product. You know, very efficient, efficiency, you know, learning, laws of nature, um, thing, things like that. And, and for the morale officers, I, I completely ignore them. You know, they're not going to, they're not the target. So, yeah. so one of the questions I've seen, um, I think you answered previously, but it's, and, and it's kind of, it's the human behavior has always fascinated me is where does this come from? Like, where do we pick up? Are we born with a particular personality temperament or is it something that is learned over time? Does okay. it change? This is this is the big question. Um, I believe that it is you are born with it, um, but at the same time, people learn things. Mm -hmm. So you know the the 
the general consensus from everybody else, and this is where I'm unique and I'm, I'm, I'm outside the norm, is other people believe that you, you pick it up from your parents or you pick it up from your environment. Um, that's what, you know, this is the way I was born. This is the way I was, or not born. This is the way my parents raised me. Mm -hmm. This is why I do the things I do. Well, I think you're born with it. So it's genetic. And if it's genetic, well, it was handed down from your parents. So you could say you learned it from your parents, but maybe you inherited it from mm -hmm. your parents. Um, and, and the other thing is that if you are born with it, if it's like in your DNA, there should be some clues that you should be able to pick up from other people as to what their personality temperament is. And I've noticed these clues. I can, I can almost look at people and, and guess their personality temperament. Um, you know, and this is where it gets very politically incorrect. Um, because now you're, you're basing somebody's behavior on how they look. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's so, not what Amazon's pretty much doing anyway, right? With all of their, their big data there. Right. They're, they're doing it. Yeah. They're doing it anyway. Just in right. They're doing way. it. Yeah. With data where I can do it just by looking at a person, yeah. just reading, reading the genetics. Um, and if you, if you look at research, you know, one of the, um, things that they studied was facial width to height ratio. You know, somebody that has a wide face, um, the distance be, um, between their ears compared to the, from the top of the eyebrow to the upper part of their mm -hmm. lip, that ratio, those distance relationships. Well, a person with a high facial width, uh, somebody with a wide face is more likely to be somebody with a logistical temperament versus somebody with a very narrow tall face is more likely to be of the warrior temperament that's interesting uh, i would I, if, naively i probably would have thought the other way around isn't that <laughs> interesting right and then it you know and then it gets into uh, body shape as well you know they, they all they also the psychologists also study uh female hip to waist ratio so uh, a very curvaceous woman is also more likely to be of the warrior temperament uh, versus a, a, a woman that is very straight, like a tree trunk. Um, she's more likely to be, uh, what, what they actually study was the IQ of that person. Person that has a very straight trunk has a higher IQ and that, translates to the person with the strategist personality type. Those people have the higher IQ because they're using the logic center of their brain. So, so I can, you know, just look at the back of a person and say, Hey, they got that straight trunk. There's, there's probably less likely to be of the warrior temperament, more likely to be of the strategist type. Somebody that's a very thinking person. Um, I want to so, do the test. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated. I've done the disc stuff and I've done yeah, well, the that's, Briggs. And the thing that's is, the stuff that I pick up, you know, outside of the tests. Yeah. You know, you don't get that in the test, the, the genetic part, because nobody else believes it. You know, I'm, I'm out here alone on my own plank, you know, <laughs> saying this crazy stuff. But, 
in hindsight, I, you know, it, it makes sense. Yeah, so I say I've done all of the other test things and I, I quite like the way you're articulating it into these four kind of then more it's articulate better in in a, in a naming convention because i can right. never remember i've done myers-briggs like two or three right times. still never and remember that, what code I, what the combination <laughs> letters i have and, that, and that's why i came up with this you know like i said it has to be simple um, and, and even disc they're just metaphors and in mine it's just a metaphor it's just what i've chosen to call them, you know and, and it's based on their you know their behavior um, so we have the warriors, the logisticals, the strategists, and the morale officers. And together, we make a human army, and we need each other. And so one personality type is not better than the other. It's just what you're born to do. It makes sense. Uh, do, you, do you find uh, certain buying behaviors that are slightly different between the different types, i.e., uh, is one type more likely to be an early adopter, for example? Right. So the warrior is the early adopter. Again, this goes back to their value of new tools. They want the newest weapon. What's available now that nobody else has? And so they are very impulsive when they buy. Um, where the logistical person is kind of like a farmer. You know, uh, you know I'm going to be using this year after year in season after season, I want something that's going to last. So they look for quality, you know, something that's going to last a long time and that's not going to be obsolete next fall. Mm -hmm. That um, makes so sense. You, yeah. So you do there's see a, some of those behaviors. So there's a bit of, you know, there's the, like Tony Robbins talks about the six human needs type thing. And one of those is significance. And it sounds like the warrior it's very right. much around the, you know, it's look at me, I'm going to be the first to, to have everything. I've got the biggest, the shiniest. Exactly. <laughs> and I'd imagine they're probably quite likely to take other products, things like, I'm going to take, make an assumption here and things like loans and credit cards and that kind of stuff so that they can get the big shiny stuff to show right, off. Right, right. <laughs> you, you know, Warriors, I call that, they have like a double nature. Um, you know, one, you know, they have their battle mode, you know, where they are dead serious. And, and if you're, and if they're in battle mode, you know, my advice is just, just get away from them. Um, because they are very driven and they, they're, they're going to, they're going to win. Uh, but then, you know, a warrior, you know, think of, uh, you know, caveman days. Mm -hmm. um, where, where all the cavemen are sitting around the fire and, and tomorrow they're planning a battle against the neighboring tribe. So tomorrow they're going to be very focused. But what are they doing right now around that campfire? They're, you know, if, if, to, if you don't know whether you're going to survive or not tomorrow, what are you going to do today? You're going to have fun. As much as possible, right? <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to worry about paying the bills. So, you know, I'm going to have a party and I'm going to borrow money to have a party. And, you know, and if I survive the battle, I'll worry about that later. And that's kind of the mentality that they have, um, you know, about spending money. Do you see any, um, as people, as, as we get older, do you see people starting to morph and, and adopt more of the of other temperaments and other traits so like maybe i, I would imagine there's kind of a young there's quite a lot of warrior young males who maybe 
calm down and down a bit as they get older. I'm speaking a bit from experience here. Like, um, more sensible as the years have gone on. Well, yes and no. Um, one one thing is as you become more skilled as a warrior, you know, you gravitate towards those things that help you get the job done fast and quick. So those things, uh, so, so you, you kind of become a little bit more conservative, but not much. Um, you still have that warrior mentality, but you know what works because you have experience behind you. You know, experience is a big teacher. Um, so, and psychologists say that over time, people become more logistical likes, more like the logistical person. But in, in reality, they, they will still act like a warrior. And that's the way you should treat them. You know, they're always, they're always going to be looking out for that new shiny object. So, you know, you can present it to them. So how, how do, has anyone listening to this who maybe running a business and or a marketing team or whatever what's the what's the kind of the top tips of how to leverage uh, okay. personality temperaments so so the first thing is to make that connection that personality type or temperament is analogous to values so it's kind of like they're two sides of the same coin so now you want to look at what are the values of each of the temperaments and try to categorize those values so that you can market to them. Those are the, the motivators that, that, that people buy things with, you know, I, you know, being a logistical, I'm going to look for quality. So those are the, the values that I look for. When I, when I say values, there's, there's values come in four categories mm -hmm. and I call them the four P's and try to keep them simple again. You know, the first value is people. You value people more than other people. You know, you value um, your family more than you value my family. And the second category is possessions. You value your stuff more than you value my stuff. You know, if somebody... Uh, when you get a brand new car, um, you clean your car, but your neighbor gets a brand new car, you're not cleaning his car, right? Because your possessions are more valuable to you than his. The third category is your passions. Uh, this is a, a kind of a broad category, but this includes things like your hobbies, your religion, um, um, your sports teams, you know, you're passionate about your your. Um, football club versus the one that's across town. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's the, the third P. And then the fourth P is your principles, your guiding principles. And so when I'm talking about values, I'm talking about these guiding principles, these principles that you follow, that you believe lead to success. So for me, you know, it's logistics, you know, it's, it's procedures. If I follow the procedures, it leads to success. Um, so as a marketer, we want to know what those values are. Mm -hmm. uh, the other big aha moment that I had is that values also trigger emotions. And in, in, in sales, you know, we say people buy with emotions. Well, how do we trigger those emotions? Mm. Well, I said values are connected to emotions. So to trigger emotion, 
you interact with somebody's values. So like say if I wanted to trigger anger in somebody. Um, so first you have to find out what do they value and then what triggers anger is anything that attacks that value. So I'll take, um, so say you have a child, you value your child because it's one of the P's, it's a person. Now, if somebody attacks that child, what's your first reaction? You're gonna get mad. You're gonna react, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So, so anger is triggered when something that you value is attacked. Now, fear is another great emotion. Now, fear is triggered when something that you value is threatened. So say your child gets sick, you know, and it's a major illness. What's your emotion? It's fear. Mm. You fear that you might lose your child. So fear, fear is triggered when something you value is threatened to be taken away. So when it's, when it's, 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 you go from fear to anger instantly. And the trigger is when, when the threat becomes an attack. Mm -hmm. So when, when you want to trigger a customer to take action, you want to trigger an emotion. And two good emotions are fear or, or anger. But anger, you have to be very careful with anger in that the anger is not directed at you, yeah, but it's directed quite quickly, at somebody else, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you want to you say, you know, it's the government that's attacking you. So now, now the anger, their anger is focused on the government mm -hmm. and not you as the salesperson. So it's building the, the common enemy right right thing, exactly right? so we're, yeah. we're all on the same team these these are the bad guys and right and, we, and can, that's, we can help solve your problem and that's a great way to build rapport right because the enemy of my enemy is my friend mm -hmm. so we have the same enemy the government so now you know that brings us really close together and so it's a different way of building rapport that salesmen haven't been trained at you know in, in a typical way of building rapport, you ask questions about the person. And what do you ask about? Well, you ask about people, you ask about their possessions, you ask about their passions. You know, how's your football team doing? How's that new car you got running? You know, how's your family doing? Those are the ways we're taught to build rapport. Mm -hmm. But here's the, the opposite way. What if I just show to you that I have the same enemy that you have? You know, so now the enemy of my enemy is my friend, you know, so instead of asking a person questions, you know, you can display ahead of time that you have the same enemy that they have. And that's going to build instant rapport a lot faster than sitting around peppering somebody with question after question about their, their pets and their, you know, their cat and their dog. <laughs> and I suppose there's probably different, the different kind of temperaments engage in different types of conversation like some will engage in a bit more small talk and others just going to cut to the chase and say what's the, what's the, what's the offer uh yeah um the the logisticals like me are, are more direct because we value time yeah and i'm not going to waste my time 
doing small talk. Now, somebody with the morale officer temperament, they're more about the other person's feelings. And so they want to get close, you know, how are you really doing today? You know, are you just saying that or do you really mean it? You know, that's the way that they're going to come across. So your, their temperament, I like to think of it is it, it, it precedes a person into the room. So you can tell a person's temperament long before you actually even talk to a person. It's kind of like you can hear a person walking down the hall before they even come into your room. Mm -hmm. So temperament enters the room before the person enters the room. So you can actually prepare for the person uh, just by if you can figure out what temperament they are. And do, do people digest the message uh, in different, better in different formats? And I'm thinking kind of, you know, video versus type versus um, whatever, you know, other still image, that kind of stuff. Is there different mediums that resonate better with different temperaments? Um, I wouldn't say it's that different. Right. Um, the, the one exception might be the, um, the strategist and the morale officer. They, they have, in Myers-Briggs, they have the intuition trait. And for them, um, they can pick up a lot of information by reading. So, you know, the written word for them is a little bit is more conveying mm -hmm. of information. Uh, but for everybody else, you know, the five senses are going to work no matter what. Interesting. I, because I, I always wonder whether, uh, you know, sometimes there's different preferences for, for learning and whether that kind of translates into the, the marketing space or not. Um, you know, again, this goes back to intuition versus sensing, you know, the Myers-Briggs. Um, and it, when, when people take a Myers-Briggs test, they, the problem with it is they always come back as a person with intuition. Um, because intuition is kind of, they, they view it as a sixth sense. Mm -hmm. And why have five senses when you could have six? You know, it, it's kind of like being a superhero. You got an extra power. Um, but I'm an engineer. So as an engineer, I'm always looking at, at an object and I'm saying, what's the good points and what's the bad points about it? So what's the good points about the sensing? You know, sensing is you're taking in information through your five senses, taste, smell, touch, hearing, and sight, where intuition is you're, you're, you're taking in information in a different way. Um, it's kind of like, uh, magnetism. You mm -hmm. can't sense magnetism, but you can infer that it's there by watching how it interacts with, with a compass needle or something like that. Or, um, so that's the, the strategist person. They're looking at, you know, the laws of physics and how things are interacting. Where the morale officer, they take in information kind of like, like colors, mm -hmm. you know, like the color red it means something, you know, it's, it's warm and it's hot or the color blue is cold. Um, so, so they're, they're gathering extra information in that way. So, so that's the good part of it. But 
what's the bad part of it? Mm -hmm. Well, I find that everybody has intuition, but the person with the intuition trait are unable to turn it off like a light switch. So, so they don't understand what everybody else is talking. So 76% of the world are warriors and logisticals, which, which are the sensing people. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the 24%, the, um, the morale officers and the strategists, they don't understand why us sensors, you know, maybe like sex so much. <laughs> because when, in that case, it's all about the five senses. Yeah. You know, what's going, th- and I, since I'm not the intuitive type, I, I have no idea what's going through their mind when they're having sex. <laughs> because, you know, like the morale officer, they might be thinking about, is this person having a good time? instead of sitting around just enjoying the senses part of it. Mm-hmm. So they can't turn it off. It's always on. Um, and so if, if, so if you were to take a test, you know, a good question is, do you enjoy, you know, what do you enjoy most about intercourse? Um, and if it, it's about the five senses, you're a sensor. <laughs> and if it's about something else, about emotions or, you know, creating a future, you might be the intuition person. And do you see any bias between the sexes, between the, the, the personality types? You get more men in one category and more females in another? Um, this is the, where it's biased is in the thinking versus feeling trait. Mm. Um, men are about 60% thinkers. So that leaves 40% as feelers. And, in, and it's the reverse in females. Females, about 60% are feelers. 40% are the thinkers. Um, so that's, it's a small bias, but it, it's definitely there. There's more women that are feelers than, than, than are thinkers mm-hmm. that have that thinking trait, not, you know. Yeah, that trait. makes sense. And you, you touched on like the two kind of, I guess, uh, negative emotions that you can, you know, fear and stuff that is, and that gets you a lot for selling. Are there any really powerful positive emotions that you could tap into? Um, happiness is, is a positive emotion. Uh, there's 10 emotions. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can remember them. There's, there's happiness or joy, anger, fear, sadness, shame, guilt, disgust, embarrassment, surprise, and I always forget the 10th one. Um, But those are emotions that you can actually see on a person's face. Mm -hmm. You can see when a person's sad. You can see when they're disgusted, you know, like when they see a a pile of dog poop sitting on the ground, that triggers disgust. Uh, But happiness is, is triggered, again, it always goes back to values. So happiness is triggered when something that you value is promoted or Mm. honored. It's like, this is why politicians kiss babies because they're honoring the parent by valuing the thing that they value. You got the cutest little kid. Mm. 
-hmm. you know, and that makes the parents feel good. You know, you instantly trigger happiness. And we all infer that they then value all of us at the same time because they value this other being, right. I suppose, right? Exactly. Um, embarrassment is a powerful trigger as well. Embarrassment causes people to take instant action, but you have to plan it very far ahead of time. Um, you know, like if, if you have, you know, feet that stink, you're going to run out and get a product that causes, you know, to hide that odor. So embarrassment is triggered when something you value has an odor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're in an elevator and you let out a <laughs> something odorous. <laughs> what the is your, the what, as we call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's something that you value has an odor you feel embarrassed about and you have to turn and and get away from that situation as, as fast as possible. That's why embarrassment is a quick acting trigger. And the other thing about embarrassment is it lasts forever. You know, you always remember the time you were in the yeah, elevator. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Right. So it's, you know, I wrote that book, you know, emotional copywriting revealed and, you know, em embarrassment is one of those power um, motivators for causing action. How would you trigger that through copy? Um, well, again, you want to, you want to say, you know, you have something that you value. So you own a car, uh, but you don't like the way your car looks. So now you want So now our product is going to magically transform that thing of embarrassment into something that you are proud to show off. So that's kind of the, the formula of, you know, it, and, it's, and it's often used in the weight loss industry, you know, um, you, know you know, the before and the after. You're yeah. embarrassed about the before picture, but you're, you know, you're proud to show off the after. That makes sense. Right. Where can we um, get a list of all of this stuff? Where can we find out more? Because I think it's um, really, really, really interesting. And I bet loads of people are listening to this thinking, I quite, I quite fancy checking that out. <laughs> um, I wrote a book. Um, this is when I discovered this stuff. It was kind of like an inspiration. And I, I said, I got to write this down on paper because if I don't, and if I get hit by a truck, this is going to be lost to humanity. So I wrote it really quick. Um, and it's my book, you know, Selling by Personality Type. Um, so don't expect a Pulitzer Prize winning book. You know, it's, it's something that I wrote really quick because I had to get it down on paper because I was, I was so af I was af afraid, you know, here's that fear again. I, it was mm -hmm. triggered because I was afraid that it might be taken away from humanity. So I wrote it down fast, um, but it's, it's pretty long. Um, you'll find it on Amazon. It's a Kindle book. It's not in print form yet. Um, eventually, you know, when I get more time, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll rewrite it and make it more, more author, authorish. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it has to be overly polished. It's the, it's the message that's right. important, right? Right. And so, and so in the book, I go through the four temperaments and then what each one values. And, you know, and this is, this is where it took a lot of research because I had to look at people and what they had in common. Um, you know, so like the warriors, I, I had to, I, I look for 
what emotions are triggered because if you can if you can see what emotions are triggered you can always go back to what they value so i i look at where do they get mad you know what is the anger and then what caused that you know what was attacked to cause that anger um, and so what that was attacked was a value and so when you find enough things that are common then then it made the cut and then it's in the book um, so like for warriors, you know, impactfulness, uh, loyalty, um, there's, there's a lot of them, courage and confidence, you know, warriors are constantly talking about, you know, I have to have the confidence to do this thing. Um, so if it kept, keeps coming up over and over again, you know, it made the cut and it's in the book. Um, uh, you know, the warriors, because they make such a, a large percent of the, of the population, I have the most values written for them. Um, and then the morale officers and the strategists, because they're such a smaller part of the population, it's harder to find out what they value. So their list is a little bit shorter. Um, so the list can grow. It's just, it's all I've, I've done so far. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a work in progress. Nice. Always learning just like everybody else. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's the great thing with all of these things. I think we are learning more every year right we're starting to understand humans more as 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 we progress and and develop and spend more time analyzing uh the things that make us tick yes i agree i have before we uh before we go and uh, let everyone know where they can track you down as well um quick fire round for you some interesting questions i'm always okay. intrigued to get the Get these because they're, they're a consistent set of questions that everyone gets to answer now um i kind of i half know the answer to this one already but do you know do you have a morning routine uh, uh, because, you, what does it look like because i'm a logistical yeah, of course you do <laughs> i do have a routine you know i i get up early i exercise um, um and then i you know shower go to work um, i get to work at the same time every morning I work all day. I leave the office at the same time every day. Um, part of that is because of my guarantee to my customers that if you order today, they'll go out today. So I physically take all the packages and take them to the post office to get them out the door. Um, you that's, know, and that, I go that's to quite glove service, that. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's something that that I've always done. Um, you know, in order for me to guarantee it, I know. I have to physically know that it's been done. So mm -hmm. I have to do it myself, unfortunately. <laughs> How long have you, have you had that routine forever? Or? Oh, pretty much forever. I've, um, I, I've only started working out in the mornings, probably about, uh, about in 2015. Um, at that time, you know, I turned 50 years old and the, at, when you turn 50, the doctors say, okay, go ahead and have a colonoscopy. Um, and so during that colonoscopy, you know, they found some polyps and they said, well, you better change your lifestyle. Or you're going to die. Jeez. And that was a big motivator, you know, fear. There's a fear again. Yeah. <laughs> right. Something that you value may be taken away. Um, so yeah, I, I changed my routine. Um, and, and it shows, you know, it's physically, I feel, I feel great. You know, I'm, I'm turning 55 here. Um, uh, I feel better now than I did in, when I was 40. That's good. Um, I have, have more energy and yeah, you know, that 
I'm, I'm lighter in weight. I'm, you know, I'm 30 pounds lighter. So, wow. So I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah. That's well done. That's a pretty, that's a pretty, uh, yeah, fear is a great name. motivator. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> uh, the next question is, uh, three books that you'd recommend, uh, and why? Um, I read recently, um, a book by Richard Bandler. He is the father of neuro linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. Um, he wrote a book called thinking for change. It's a great book on how to change those phobias that you have. Um, the things that are preventing you from enjoying life to the fullest. Um, so that's a great book. Um, another good book that I read in the past, uh, where, where I kind of got my start in, um, around 2011, I read a book called, um, um, please understand me by David Kersey. And it, it broke the Myers-Briggs into the four temperaments mm -hmm. and that's its biggest because in Myers-Briggs, there are 16 personality types. And 16 That's what I mean. I could never remember which one I came you, out You as. can't remember. That's too many. But he logic, he's a strategist, so he logically broke it down into the four temperaments. And then he started walking through those temperaments. And it was from that book that I recognized that people with the same temperament have similar values. Um, so that's a good book for there. Um, Another good book, and this is a business book that I just read last week, um, and it's Keith Cunningham, and he wrote a book called The Road Less Stupid, and this is a, a book for business owners. Uh, he walks you through the four categories of business owners. You know, the when you first start a business, you're the artist, mm -hmm. and as the artist, you want to create because that you didn't like your corporate job. You wanted to have an exp, a way to express yourself, and that's through your art. You know, and I had this same thing. You know, when, when I was working for the big rocket company in Cape Canaveral, launching the big rockets, I wanted to have fun, and I wanted to create. Um, and then the second stage that the entrepreneur goes through is the the person that works the business. You know, this is the Oh, I got to get the orders out. I got to get them to the post office. You know, this is um, where you're the operator. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third stage is you become the owner and you start hiring people to do those tasks for you. And then the fourth stage is the investor. And then what does it take to be the investor? What questions you have to look at? And what he does in his book, The Road Less Stupid, is to give you thousands of questions that you need to be asking about your business to get it to move to that next level to where it's sustainable um, and provides a consistent income for you no matter whether you're running it or not whether you're you're the ceo or you hired a ceo to run it for you moving so to that step book. three is always the hardest from everyone I ever speak to moving to step three right. seems to be the most difficult. Right. I'm yeah, in step three. I've been in step three, but I, I want to get to step four. Yeah. That's the way to be. Uh, three people that you either follow or listen to, um, that I should check out. Oh, um, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, 
lot of good business podcasts. Yours is a great one. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I think I'll, I'll defer that one because I, you know, the, the other part of getting old is your memory starts going <laughs> to. Yeah, I, I, I suffer with that these days. Do you, when I was when I was long, younger, I used to have almost photographic memory. It doesn't seem to work quite so well anymore. Right. <laughs> Uh, three that I think you've probably partly answered this already, but three good habits or disciplines that you've adopted that have made a, a big difference to your life. Uh, again, this, this is going to go back to your personality type. And I, you know, I, I caveat saying this is this is for the person with a logistical temperament. Um, if, if you were to choose a coach, choose a coach that has the same temperament that you do. So if you are a logistical, get a coach that's also logistical because those values are going to be similar. So that would be, I got a coach, you know, that was one of the disciplines that I would say that people should adopt, get a coach to help you through somebody to watch your back, to see those blind spots that you're not seeing. Um, I'd also say, you know, diet and exercise. Um, and this, I learned the hard way. Um, it's more exercise than diet, but the diet has to be there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the third one is, um, you know, do what you love and do. Do what you love in, to do. Yep. Enjoy. You know, enjoy life as you go along. I, I don't go to work in the morning. I, you know, <laughs> I go to have fun. You go to play with rockets. Right. <laughs> but two to go at the uh three tools or systems, apps, softwares, whatever that you uh, can't live without now? Um, I'm an engineer. So this is going to be the engineer one. I use a, um, a CAD program mm -hmm. to design my rockets and it's called Fusion 360. Um, it, 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 it's changed the way I design rockets. You know, before it was like, I was the artist just trying to sculpt the rocket now i sculpt everything in the computer and it saves so much time and the rockets come out so much better um you know the, the google uh drive is a very great app um that comes up quite often yeah right it's it's simple you know it's, it's cloud based it's free um here in my office uh we we're on mac computers um, so it's, it's harder to find good apps, mm -hmm. um, but we switched to an app called MoneyWorks for, for the accounting in our business. Uh, it tracks inventory and it tracks the expenses and it's Mac based. So, and it's also, um, it's also kind of open source where you can get at the data, you know, other right. programmers can write applications to get at it. Um, and so we switched to that because our, our previous program was very, you know, closed where other outside developers couldn't get access to the data to write, you know, the, the software we needed to analyze that data. Mm -hmm. Nice. Last question. Uh, if you could spend one hour with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, um, Maybe Warner Von Braun, who is the uh, pioneer of the American space program. He was also the pioneer of the German space program during World War II. Um, 
And also Einstein. I've been reading more and more about Einstein and the kind of creative genius that he was. I'm reading a book right now called Think Like a Rocket Scientist. <laughs> and it, it kind of gravitated towards me because just because I was a rocket scientist. Yeah, I was going to say, it did. But, it, it does, but it, it's, it, it it's a book happen. about philosophy. And he talks a lot about um, Einstein. And Einstein was a strategist temperament, but he also was the perceiving type. So the perceiver, perceiver person is the person that's, you know, when he sees that shiny object, he gravitates towards it. And I'm not, I'm a, I'm a judging person. And so seeing how Einstein created some of his theories is, uh, is interesting. Yeah, he was an interesting you know, character. Diff- I mean, I'm no, no Einstein expert for sure, but uh, yeah. he fascinates me in his logical yet kind of spiritual, kind of spiritual <laughs> way in the same, right? right? He yeah. doesn't seem like the, the traditional science approach. Yes in many ways and that's why i think he's quite fascinating yeah um where can people find you tim um i would say my website um i'm not big on social media um the reason is that uh, you know like linkedin everybody says when you get on linkedin all of a sudden you get just inundated with requests for people to sell you stuff and because i value time so much i don't have time for that so um, I stick to just basically my website and email. So on my website, uh, customersecrets.com, you'll find a form where you can email me. I can give you my email address as well. My email is tvm, that's Tim Van Milligan at customersecrets.com. Lovely. Well, it's been really good and hopefully we'll catch up again soon. All right. Lovely. Thank you, Cheers, Tim. Thank you. All right.